System. The universe is indifferent. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. And welcome to program number 100. That is one plus two zeros. There is no duality in non-duality. Do you want a cup of tea? I'll make a proper pot. Everything is consciousness everything. The song you just heard, every song you've ever heard, every word you've ever heard, every expression, everything is consciousness. It's only the mind that discriminates and creates a duality. As Siddhar Rameshwar said, duality is due to the seer and the seen. The seer cannot exist without seeing. The seen cannot exist without the seeing. The seeing is the pure functioning. The seer is a fiction. The seen is an object, an appearance. Everything is valid in the appearance. What seems to bring about change is a recognition of one's true nature. There's an infinite variety of how that recognition arises. It doesn't matter how the recognition is brought about. And the recognition is just a split second. The essence of the recognition of our true nature is the seeing, pure seeing, pure being. Nobody can do it for you. See for yourself. Hear what's being pointed to. Test it for yourself. See if what is being said is true or false. See, the body is a pattern of energy mind it's going to break down sometime in that breaking down the essence is not lost the patterns form patterns play around patterns disappear just like a same with a wave will come on the water wave goes back into the water but what you are the essence itself was never born and will never die now 
we've we've had a look and seen that there's no entity there at all. You can say this is me. If you see that there's no entity there that has any substance or any independent nature, see it now. When was it ever true? If something is false now, could it ever have been true? If something is false now, could it ever have been true? All right. So you see, there's no entity now. You see, you see that, recognize that. You must realize that there never ever was. Though you've taken the blame or praise for whatever went on in your life and believed that you were a doer, now you see the falseness of it all. You realize that you've been lived all the way through from the time the sperm and the ovum came together and all the activities and everything that's happened there have never been done by you, the entity. That's the way the functioning pattern shaped and formed for that particular expression. I'm not speaking to anybody. I'm not speaking to any mind. I'm speaking to that I am, that I am. In other words, to that sense of presence that expresses through the mind as the thought I am. Just to this and nothing else. Now, it's non-duality we talk about here. Everything is that. So, the body-mind the seeming entity, are just appearance. If we go beyond that, not that there is any beyond, but just for the sake of something to say beyond it, to the sense of presence. Is anyone who is not unaware of being present right now? Or is there that innate sense of presence, the knowing that you are? prior to any concepts. And that sense of presence translates through the mind as the thought I am. So no, that knowing that you are is there prior to any thought. Isn't that so? See for yourself. Because we're not going to tell you anything. Can't teach you anything. But all we can do is point you towards what we call the natural state. What you already are and ever have been and ever will be. The Buddhists tell you that when they talk about in the ultimate senses of Buddhism and it's the Dog Chen teachings. Dog Chen translated means the great perfection. And they tell you in one sentence what it is. The great perfection is non-conceptual awareness. That is, that sense of presence or awareness prior to any concepts. So, when I'm not speaking to your body or to your mind or the idea of a conceptual entity that has some substance in an independent nature, unless I, I'm not speaking to it, it's not the body-mind here. 
that is speaking to it anyway. So it's that sense of presence speaking to itself. And in that, perhaps there could be a resonation or a recognizing, a recognizing of your true nature. It's already been cognized. You've already known it. Innately, you know it. You can't negate that presence of awareness. Nobody can say, I am not. And over the years, with all the so-called conditioning and events and experiences that have happened in our life, we've come to ignore it. And we try and point back to it. That's why in a lot of the ancient texts and scriptures, I call it ignorance. Not that we're dull or stupid. It simply means that we ignore our true nature and focus into the conceptual belief of what we think we are, that appearance. In what we talk about non-duality, you'll see that in all the traditions, in all the ancient traditions, if you look closely enough. In Hinduism, for instance, they call it Advaita, and Advaita translated means non-duality. And they try and describe the indescribable by saying, calling it one without a second. And they put that one without a second off because even the idea of one, there's a subtle implication of that, there could be other than one. To try and cancel out that implication, they say one without a second. And then those dog gen scriptures again, they say it's non-conceptual, ever-fresh presence awareness. And they put on that ju just this and nothing else. Again, to point out that there is nothing other than that. Uh, if you look into all the scriptures and all the traditions, you'll find it there basically pointing to that non-duality of it. Christ says, I and the Father are one. Talking about that sense of presence. And when he's saying, I, he's not talking about himself. Equating himself as that entity with the Father. He's talking about what that sense of presence translates as the thought, I am. So that I that comes out as the translation and the sense of presence are one and the same thing. Where he says, the Father is greater than I. That sense of presence is far greater than the thought. The Hebrews say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. There is none other. In pointing to the fact there is no one, no thing other than that. And that is the Mahavakya, or the great word you'll see in a lot of the scriptures. I am that. Not that that entity is that, but what translates, that sense of presence that translates as a thought I am, it's that sense of presence which is that. Thou art that, this is that. Everything, all appearances and possibilities are that. And they put that on it because it's indescribable, it's ineffable. 
it is no thing that the mind can ever grasp or conceptualise. So we told you here right from the start that you'll never ever find the answer in the mind. Because the mind itself is something, what we call mind. And if you have a look closely, you'll see there's really no such thing as mind. Nobody can show me a thing called mind apart from thought or thinking. And which particular thought is it? Now the primary thought is that what it translates as first, the thought I am. But if you were that thought, would you ever lose sight of it throughout the day or any time at all? But how often do you think I am throughout the day? But as ever that knowingness that you are left you without even thinking it without even translating it to a word or a concept. Can you at any time say, I am not? Yeah, sure, you can say it. But you don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar to work out if I'm able to say that. There must be something there that's enabled, there must be a knowingness there that's enabled me to say, I am not. And when we say you are we put a concept on it, knowingness, knowing. We're not talking about knowing this or knowing that because the thought I know implies there is a subject, an entity me. And I know this or that implies there's an object. So subject, object have been formulated like two, these two words. But they both appearing in the knowing. Created a subject, I know, a knower. And I know this or that, the chair or something else, created an object, a form of an object. Both appearing in the knowing. But have a look, can there be a knower, a subject, that is not knowing? And can there be the known, the object, that can be outside of the knowing? So the basis is that pure knowingness, pure intelligence. Subject, object are created conceptually, thought, thought forms, using words that we've acquired. A little child can't say, I know, yet he is knowing. He hasn't learnt those words at this stage. Doesn't know I know this or know that. That basic knowingness was there. Don't use the term God because we can get lost in that term because we all come from different backgrounds. Some of us might be atheists, some of us agnostics, some of us Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Jew, or whatever. Start talking about God, you'll equate it to whatever concept or idea you're traditionally in your background. And you'll be obscured. What I'm saying will be obscured from that. I use the term or concept intelligence energy, which isn't just another concept, you don't want to get lost in that either. But I think it comes nearer to the mark, because when I'm talking about intelligence, I'm not talking about your intellect. Now, there are different degrees of intellect in this room. Some are smarter, some are less so, not so smart. That's the so-called intellect functioning. 
And when I'm talking about intelligence, I'm talking about what look out there in nature and have a look at nature, really see what's happening. There are galaxies out there. There are planets moving around, the Earth's going around the sun. Seasons coming and going, tides coming in and out. Doesn't that imply that there is an innate intelligence that's functioning, patterning, shaping and forming it all? Not some old guy out there pulling strings, saying it's winter now, I've got to change it to summer. It's innately suffusing every particle of this manifestation. And as it is innately suffusing every particle, have a look at it right where you are right now. Isn't it what's breathing you? Isn't it what's beating your heart? Growing your hair and your fingernails? Digesting your food, replacing cells in your body? Are you, as the entity, doing any, any of those things? If you were, you wouldn't lose sight of your next breath. You'd be making sure you took the next breath. But how often do you think of that throughout the day? You'd be making sure your food digested. Do you think of that throughout the day? Well, your hair and your fingernails, how they're growing, and cells were being replaced. So that innate intelligence is suffusing that pattern which you call you. And it's that same intelligent energy which is patterning, shaping and forming and expressing as everything. And you have a look around you and say, well, how can there be no separation? I'm separate and I see all sorts of separation in this room. But when you look into it closely, is there really any separation? What is that body you call you? What's that made up of? And you'll see it's made up of elements. It's made up of air, earth, fire, water, space. Just the same as the elements around you. Now can you separate yourself from those elements? Get out of space if you can. Separate yourself from space if you can, see how long you last. Separate yourself from the water in your body, see how long you last. Separate yourself from the air. From the body temperature, the heat, the fire. You can't separate yourself from those elements. And all of those elements that are out there in, manifest in the manifestation can be broken down. Can be broken down to subatomic particles and to pure energy. So all of these are all vibrating patterns of energy. Their true nature, we call it this anyway, is a pattern is that energy, intelligence energy, energy with the capacity of knowing. Suffused with that pure intelligence. Intelligence is knowing. And energy is an activity. So the ING on the knowing implies it's an activity. It's something that's happening right in the immediacy of this moment. And isn't any activity a movement of energy? So it's that one without a second, that only intelligence energy is patterning, shaping and forming. And, and all the patterns, shapes and forms are intelligence energy appearing as different. That's why we know in our language, though we don't realise it half the time because we never really look at it, because they call this a phenomenal universe, a universe that is made up of phenomena. And your dictionary definition of phenomena is that which appears to be. 
telling you clearly that the whole manifestation, which is appearance, appearing only, because that's all it is, is appearance. Patterns of energy appearing to be said. And the opposite of phenomenon is the noumenon, the unmanifest. You look in your dictionary and look up the definition of noumenon, it is that which is. So we've known it in a language all the time, it's the unmanifest, what we call no thing or the emptiness, which is the Buddhist terms the Buddhist use, is the what, what is, that's the actuality, that's what is. And all the things are appearing in that isness, patterning, shaping and forming. But their essence hasn't changed, they are still that isness, appearing in different shapes and forms, just like a wave will appear on the water. It's still only water and any, only and ever will be water. But it's shaping and forming of something different. Like you've got the bangle bracelet and earrings, all made of gold. And we call them bangle bracelet earrings. We lose sight of what they actually are. Their actuality is gold. So, see, when I say I'm not speaking to anybody or I'm not speaking to any mind, what is speaking? What is word? Thinking, speaking, and all the rest of it. Speaking at the very, thinking at the very subtle level, word, it's a very, very subtle vibration. When it comes out as word, which these words, sounds are coming out now, word is sound. What's sound? Sound's a vibration. What's a vibration? It's a movement of energy. So even the thinking, which we put meaning and everything into the words, which we've acquired or learned, is still that pure intelligence energy, patterning of thoughts, words, feelings, sensations, whatever. So there's never been anything other than that. A lot of the traditions are called omnipresence, omnipotence, omniscience. <laughs> Not three things, but three aspects of the one, but meaning total presence, total power, total intelligence. So you see, if what they're saying is true, and which has been said for thousands of years down through the ages, and f people have seen it, some have seen it and passed it on, and it's been continually passed on. It's never lost sight of, really, but thousands ignore it and miss it. There's always some that have grasped it and understood it. So it's omnipresence, omnipotence, omniscience, total presence, total power, total intelligence. Does that leave room for a you or a me or anything at all that can be outside of that totality? If there is something, the smallest, minutest thing that's outside of the totality, could it be omnipresence, omnipotence, omniscience? Why would they say that in most of the scriptures, most of the texts, if it hadn't been seen and understood somewhere along the line? And though a lot of the people that have translated it and written it, written it down and all the rest of it, mightn't have understood it themselves, they know innately that there's something there. Because they continue. The so-called saints, sages and seers over the years that have seen and others, they've been revered. Why? Because innately it was known that they had something. And that's been the problem also. 
because they've recognised and worshipped the messenger and totally ignored the message. And that's how religions and all these traditions form. As I speak along these lines, I am not an Advait, nor I am a Buddhist or a Christian or any of the other religious traditions. But I see and recognise the truth in all of these. And I take parts of it and utilise them in the pointing. And there's nothing to stop you if you look close enough to seeing the same for yourself. And that's why we say right from the start that what you're seeking, you already are that. And most of you come here, you come here because you are seeking. You wouldn't come here for any other purpose. Not that everybody is seeking in this room. A lot of people have found or understood it that they're here. And initially they might have come along here with that idea, just the same as this pattern of energy went out looking for something that it innately sensed was there, something. And it took this pattern where it had to go to find out that it wasn't what it believed itself to be. And it was recognised, recognised and found, you know, there's a scriptural saying, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And the definition of truth or reality is that which never changes. What is it about you, what you call you, that has never changed? Do you have the same body now as you were born with? Or have you had it two years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years? Or even now, isn't that body constantly changing? Like the whole of this manifestation is transient. It's constantly changing, so that's why we call it appearance, because none of it will stand up to the definition of reality, that which never changes. It's all changing, will always change. So you didn't have the same body, and that body you've got is changing right now. Did you have the same mental image or picture about yourself as you've got now? You certainly didn't. Lots of things have happened, and that image you've got about yourself has constantly changed. Things have been added to it, and things have been forgotten about it. So what is it that's been the constant? Has that sense of presence, that knowing that you are, has that ever changed? Without putting any concepts onto it, what is it? There's no thing. What can you say? If you pause, we say, what's wrong with right now if you don't think about it? And pause the thought. You pause the thought, what can you say is wrong with it? Without a concept, you can't say anything is wrong. What can you say is right with it? Without a concept, you can't say anything right. But look at this. Without the concept, have you falling apart, fallen apart? Is it the end of you? Do you disappear without a concept? Or is there still that innate knowing that you are there. Naked now, they call it naked awareness. What I mean by naked, it's unadorned by any concepts. Even if you see that for the briefest second, pause a moment, and recognise, recognise what you've already innately know, your true nature. 
the realisation will be that that has always never been the concept. And it's no thing that you can grasp with the concept. It's prior to any concept. And that's why we say you'll never find the answer in the mind. And that's why the Italian Nagita, the sword can't cut it, the fire can't burn it, the wind can't dry it, the water can't drown it. Why? Did you realise that it contains all of those things? No thing, none of those things could ever grasp or contain it. So how can this thing we call the mind, the thinking process, ever contain the no thing? You can't grasp it with a concept. Pointing out before that mind, this thinking is all it is, is a vibration, a movement of energy, and watching your thoughts and see how they function, see for yourself. Aren't you always vibrating in inter interrelated opposites? If you're not thinking in the past, you're into the future or somewhere within that range. And within that range also, you're in the interrelated opposites. It's either good or bad, pleasant, painful, happy, sad, loving, hating, positive, negative. Watch your thinking and see. It's always vibrating back and forward. And the boundary we put upon it is the word. Good, bad. If you haven't got those words, what boundaries have you got? Pleasant, painful. Haven't got those bound, what boundaries have you got? So the boundaries and limitations we put upon ourselves are the words. And realise this, that none of those words you were born with, they've all been acquired or learnt. They're not your natural functioning state. You've learnt, every word you've ever spoken has been learnt or acquired. And look at these things and see for yourself that What you are is not any separate entity. They call it emptiness in Buddhism. They're not talking about a vacuum or a void when they talk about emptiness. They call it cognizing emptiness. Emptiness that has the capacity of knowing or suffused with that innate intelligence, that knowingness is pure intelligence. So it's not two things, cognizing emptiness. You can't separate them. You can't separate the emptiness from the knowing or the knowing from the emptiness. Two aspects of the one. So that's a bit of a rough idea what it's about. And you can question from that and get into discussion. Tell us your version or any doubts or whatever. Some of you might resonate with it, others might not. And that happens here all the time. Not, it's there for everybody, but not everybody sees it. Not everybody wants to see it. Have a vested interest in this entity. Want to perpetuate it. Keep it going. With the belief some day, some time, some place, I'll get it. I'll acquire it. But you see, when we talk about one without a second, we're pointing out that there can be absolutely no duality in non-duality. So the idea, any idea of dualism is only an appearance. 
So if we're coming from the point of view that we're a separate entity, a dualistic entity, and trying to get to non-duality, it will never ever happen. Never, no matter how hard you seemingly try. You always and ever will be that non-dual, one without a second, pure being.